Hey guys, Josh Kalinowski here, back at you here with the JK Experience, and I'm going to do a little quick intro on the podcast of the uh, the gentleman that I interviewed today. Uh, you guys, I'm really excited about uh, talking with uh, Mr. Shane Hale. He was a former professional baseball player as well, a little bit older than I am, but you know, not too much, but who's counting. Uh, I got to know Shane through just him posting on social media and a private page that we have collectively for a lot of uh, ex minor league and major league baseball players. And I was really loving his, his, uh, his story. I was loving, um, his mindset and, and what he was, he was putting out there. He's got a, he's got a thing called the one six project and, uh, very faith faith based. And I just loved how he was, um, applying this to his life. And then I started to research him more and more and found out that he was a left-handed pitcher. And then he had a number of surgeries and then he got out of the game at the age of 27. And then he, as well felt broken and kind of alone and and what am I going to do with my life and then he gets into real estate and I'm like dude like seriously how many things do we have in common well you're going to find out he's got a much thicker accent than I do guys from uh down south and uh we just had a great time on this episode so um really looking forward to you guys listening to Shane and his story his life and what he is passionate about and how he's living that out every single day so enjoy my podcast, my conversation with uh, Shane Hale. All right. Well, dude, yeah, first of all, I just want to really thank you for being on, on the podcast today, man. It's been, uh, uh, it's been really fun to kind of follow you through a connection of a baseball that neither one of us really, I think we're playing at the same time, but that's the great thing about baseball is how it can just span generations. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, when, when, when did you play? What year did you play? So I got uh, drafted my high school year, 95, went to junior college for two years. So I played my first year was uh, 97. Okay. Well, you, you, you showed up the day, the year I left, I finished up in 96, um, went home and had no idea I was done. Um, yeah. But a few things happened in the off season. And I was just, I was, I was tired on multiple levels, tired of being hurt, tired of being broke, tired of being gone from home. Um, and the, the price I had to pay to do what I was doing, I, was, I just wasn't willing to pay anymore. So I closed the chapter and moved on. So I finished 96 and you showed up in 97. So, Well, you and I have a lot of co- uh, commonality. We're both left-handed. So that means we're both a little bit quirky. And we're special. We are definitely special. <laughs> My mom used to tell me that every single day. <laughs> yeah, and quirky. I'll, I will give you that. Left-handed pitchers were about as quirky as they came. There was... There was no second. So I want to stay on that subject just really quick. So when you were playing, uh, did you have just, did you, did you have weird things that you did? Were they, did you, were you superstitious? Like what what did that look like for you? No, I, I never really was superstitious. And I was, I was different. I mean, I was, um, I mean, I, I had my own quirks. I was just, uh, as my buddy Dan Ramirez put it, we got together a while back uh, last year and he's like, dude, you always were wired different. And it's just true. It's just kind of my approach to, to life. I've kind of always done my own thing. Yeah. Um, I've kind of always danced to my own music. Um, never been a tremendous leader, but I've never, ever been a follower. Um, I was just kind of content to chart my own course, do my own thing. And, you know, there were times I was surrounded by lots of friends. There was sometimes I was a guy that felt like I was completely on an island, even though I had a, a team, a, a team full of, full of guys with me. 
uh, just that the cultures on the team changed. But I, I wasn't really superstitious. I, um, you know, I would I would actually kick the white line when I walked over it. I mean, instead of jumping over, they kind of kick how it. How superstitious you were is that yeah. you had to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, it could be. I just I didn't I didn't put my faith in suit. suit. I had little things I'm sure I would do that you know, like if I was I was riding a streak, I'd wear the same pair of sanitary hose until they, which is probably a long gone term today. Guys know what sanitary hose? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I was I was I was I guess my super it wasn't my superstition, but I was very regimented. Um, even though I'm ADD and my mind is like a circus sometimes when it came to training. Uh, the things I, I was supposed to do on a certain day or between starts, um, I did them. And yeah. it was there was no wavering. There was no maybes. There was no, I'll skip this one. It was, I'm going to do it. And it's just, that's just the end of it. So I was, I don't know if superstition or driven or, or what, but it was, um, I was, if you, if you made, if you got me out of my routine from, from diet to work to lifting to whatever, that, that freaked me out a little bit, probably more than it should have. Isn't it amazing, uh, how much the game has evolved when it comes to physical fitness and diet and, and what the game is doing now compared to what you did when you were growing, when you, when you were playing. And even just, I, I think I caught the cusp of where it was starting to change uh, because I know as you were getting out of it, um, steroids were really becoming rampant in mm-hmm. our sport. Um, but I also look at just the physical fitness at, um, and how it's really evolved to the game. And you have three boys, so you're really yeah. entrenched in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really been an intriguing thing to, for me to watch because I was, you talk about being an outlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to college in 86 and then my dad, to back up a couple of steps, my dad, um, he played football for Southern Miss. I don't know if I got my Southern Miss shirt on now. My wife actually played softball there, uh, but I grew up in a little map about town called Loosedale, Mississippi, which is right across the state line from Mobile and about an hour from Hattiesburg where Southern Miss is located. And uh, he was a football player for the Miss, but he was a big guy. He had my frame, but just a lot more mass on it. And a uh, heck of an athlete. And my athleticism trans- transferred to baseball. And I've got three boys. Uh, one of them excels more in football and javelin. The other one excels more in baseball. Still a good football player. So it's, it's been interesting to see how those things have kind of played out. But I lifted weights. I mean, I was, I was, I weighed 142 pounds that I graduated high school. I mean, it was, you know, I was so skinny. It's amazing. Um, but I was a decent high school pitcher because I had, I threw deep reasonably hard. I didn't blow people away, but I had a knuckleball, nasty knuckleball, like 14 years old. I could drop it on a dime and, and the catcher couldn't catch it and the hitter couldn't hit it. And that's what really got me to success. But I was, I was, I had my dad to show me how to lift. Um, you know, I didn't much understand much about nutrition, but when I went to college, um, I put on about 35 pounds and I was literally the only pitcher on the whole staff that worked out. Uh, I did squats like it was a second job. Um, and my third year there, it all kind of fell into place. And I went from being a very low 80s pitcher to being a very upper 80s touching 90 pitcher, which you know, if you're left-handed and you can touch 90 on a ray gun 30 years ago, people showed up. And, you know, that's what got me noticed and got me drafted. But but I was – I was um, the things I was doing that, that – even when I got to the Orioles in 1990, I went to, went to camp my second year, and they shut me down on squats. You can't do squats. Like, what do you mean they can't do squats? Well, it's, it's bad for your knees. It's bad for your, you know, it's just not good for pitching. Like, I don't throw my leg. Well, you, you throw your legs, but you throw your arm. So I went and joined a gym around the corner. And every third, fourth day, when it's squat day, I'd, I'd leave spring training, get in my car, drive a mile down the road, and do squats. Um, but even on the road, when I, was, when I was playing minor league ball, if I couldn't find a way to a gym, I'd, I'd wrap a piece of rope around a door handle somewhere or a door facing. I'd do one-legged squats. I mean, I found a way to get them in. But to get back to your question, I'm, I'll get off on rabbit trail. Um, that's what's really the, the things that I was doing um, lifting-wise. If you don't do them now, you really don't 
stand a chance and in, in yeah. some regards and they but they people have realized how important strength is uh they've added the nutritional component really started coming around about the time i got out of the game in 96 that's when like metric the metric shake showed up mm -hmm. um you know protein powders became more palatable used to if you were going to get a protein shake down I mean you had to have a half a gallon of milk or something to go with it It was like drinking yeah. around up chalk it was horrible yeah but two scoops of protein and and four ounces of water these days and then and, and shoot it down so that's it's, it's really been amazing to see what you know what has changed as far as that that aspect of all sports and that's why we're seeing um you know just the, the athleticism that people have today across the board i mean i've, I've never was a spectator I, I love watching college football now but i when i got done playing i don't want to go home i mean i just i was not you know it was it was not it didn't interest me i didn't like watching other people play i wanted to play love to train love to compete love to play but other than that i want to go to the house and but I, I will sit and watch people these days, you know, these, these young athletes and just be amazed at the, the sheer athleticism and power these kids have yeah. um, that, you know, if I'd have known what they knew back when I played, I mean, how much better could I have been? How much yeah. better could we all have been? Yeah, you can always go back and kind of second guess that like, man, if I could, I would I have done that, you know? So I, I know we can go into baseball and really get into this. One of the things that I was really excited to have you on the show for is because, uh, you know, I talked to so many people. I myself experienced it. Of course, obviously you did as well too. That setback in your life where you're chasing that dream, you're you're chasing plan A. There is no plan B. And you wake up one day and you're going, okay, God, like what am I supposed to do with my life? And I, I've really appreciated your journey and how you've been able to share that on the platforms that we have access to um, through social media. I'm curious to know um, the one sixth project. You really kind of go into uh, to depth on that on your uh, on this last blog that you did in that article. Can you do, can you talk to our, our the people that are listening to this about that project? You you're I don't want to say you're broken, but you're most certainly you're, yeah, that's you're a good not, word. Broken. Yeah, you're not living your dream. Yeah, I, the, that that really came about. It's really hard to boil down to an elevator speech. I'll do my best, and if I get long-winded, feel free to cut me off or change the subject. Um, the, the jersey you see behind me—that's my dad's football jersey that he wore at Southern Miss uh, when, he, when, he was, when he was a football player there. He, that, ironically, he signed a contract to kick for the Colts, and I signed a, when, in Baltimore, and I signed a contract to play baseball with the Colts. I mean, I'm sorry, with the Orioles in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That was kind of ironic. Um, but I grew up in that jersey. I mean, I, there used to have two of them, and one of them finally wore apart, just fell apart. And but I literally would sleep in that you know, as a kid. You know, and you kid, you sleep in underwear and t-shirt. And I slept in that jersey. I mean, I grew up in that jersey, and so it was always real special to me. And it got put away somewhere. And I went went to South Alabama, and I was able to get number sixteen my freshman year. So I wore sixteen my entire collegiate career. A couple of times in my pro career, I finished up at 96 for number 16. Um, I had a number made when I go around my neck. That's actually, I got a cross from my neck now, but I wore that number yeah, my whole career from college through pro ball, et cetera. Um, and you fast forward to, you know, probably I left ball 96, went to work in corporate sales, been 10 years there. And after that, went to real estate and I picked the worst time in real estate about six months before the bubble busted in 2008 when I went into the real estate market and it, it got dinged up there pretty bad. Um, I'm still in it today and it's just worked out, but it's just, it was a, a, a tough time. So there's a lot of variables in that Shane equation that they got the one sex project kicked off, but it was a, it was you know financial mess. It was um, my wife and I had both changed careers. We had a third child on the way that was not on our day planner. Um, yeah, she's in school finishing up her master's. Uh, we've already got two small kids. Just a lot of, yeah, any of those by themselves are a lot. 
and then you add them all up and it was it was a tough time and i like to I like to say sometimes that's that's when i was coming to the end of what i call the shade and hell expressway mm-hmm. um and i just I, I had reached a point in life to, to where i knew that another if you could have handed me a check to pay all my bills that would have been great but I knew that that was not going to fix what I was missing. I knew that wasn't going. It's just nothing. But nothing can give you that. Ex- nothing can help you get there, except life. You, you've yeah. got to go out and live it, mess it up, do it right, do it wrong. But there wasn't. It wasn't another hobby I needed, or another career, or another advancement, or another win, or another truck, or another whatever. It was nothing the world had to offer. And I was raised in a Christian home. I never got too far off in the weeds. Never filled with drugs. I mean, I you know I drank, ran roads a little bit when I was, I was a young man, but. Yeah, I had my limits. It just, you know, it never, I never came off the rails like some people did at all. And, and my career kept me on track a lot because I had to be in shape. Mm-hmm. And I found myself one night um, sitting at this table. You can't see it. And I knew that my way back was not going to be a quick fix. I, it wasn't going to be a pill. God wasn't going to wave his magic. God wanted just fix my life for me. And I dubbed it the one six project because basically what I've been trying to find for the last several years was that just consuming fire. I felt playing playing ball um just i love to play love to compete i love to train i loved all that i'm on fire for it passionate about it um it, not only was it just my identity but that's what i just that's what i love man that's all that's all I've ever been i just it was it was like a drug to me that's what i fought and trained and to keep being able to get it keep being able to play and of course those days are behind me and um i started looking for from a faith perspective okay what you know what yeah okay go find god how do you find god well my, one of my pastors, Alan Floyd, um, told me several years ago, there's four ways you, can, you find God, Shane. He said, you find him through the Bible, through his word, through prayer, through our life circumstances, and through the church, the church being the people. Well, there's church service, small group, doesn't matter. And that was really, as time went by, those four avenues were, you know, that's where I found God at. But the One Six Project was my quest to fix me. And I wrote it down. This, I can't. I should have dug it out. It's behind me on a note card. It's in the front of one of my boxes of stuff. But I drew a T-shirt out on an on, a, on an actual index card, the outline of a T-shirt, and I put the One Six Project on it. This is like middle of the night one night, and I never told anybody about this. I didn't tell anybody about this for probably a couple of years. I even told my wife, my kid. I was going through a mess. Nobody knew what the mess I was going through except for me. I mean, they had an idea. My mom did, my wife did, of course. Outside of that, I mean, Shane's life's perfect. Got a pretty wife, got pretty kids, got a nice house. Um, the empty mess inside. And shortly after that, I went and reserved the one six project.com website. Yep. Just on simply on the whim. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it then, but I'm kind of giving God access to my life. God's starting to work in my life and getting some ideas. Um, and I just went and reserved that website because something told me, go reserve this. It's going to be something one day. And mm-hmm. would have sounded crazy to try and tell somebody that. And about a year and a half later, selling uh, Chris Wayne, who was an associate of my wife, went to school together. Um, they get their master's at the same time at the University of Alabama. He reached out to me and said, hey, I started putting some stuff on Facebook at that point and was you know, getting on that following, but a following. And that was how I kind of expressed what was working in my life, what God's doing in my life. And he said, hey, you need to be, I never met this guy. Never let eyes on him. He sent me a message out of the blue. says, hey, man, I love what you write. You need a bigger audience. I want to build you a blog. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. He said, do you have a web address? Well, matter of fact, I do. I've had it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, there goes that, uh, you know, the need to have it reserve, go reserve that website. So that's how the one six project.com blog came along. And I just referred to myself as the one six projects. I mean, I was trying to rekindle that fire from my baseball career, number 16, you know, as you know, from baseball player, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure your nickname was JK, 
yeah. mine was Shanner. Yeah. Uh, everybody has a baseball handle. If they play, they'll give anybody a baseball handle. And of course, your number is always one, one, six, one, six, one, six. And I could be at a ball game today and hear somebody you know, holler at a kid, come on, one, six. And my head just, you know, kind of perks up. But that, in a nutshell, is where the One Six Project came from. It was my quest to fix myself, which I knew was going to be a project. Um, I just didn't know when I first set out that, you know, basically what I was trying to find was that big hole inside of me that I'd stuck everything this world had to offer in um, was missing God. And you you can stick everything you can find in the God hole, man, but until you put God in there, you're going to be one empty dude. And he started working in my life, doing amazing things, bringing people into my life like you right now. I um, mean, you're just one of many that have just showed up. Just, you, know, you, you kind of attract what you put out. Um, but it's just, I've, you know, I've, I've been, as I like to say, in the boat for, I don't know, five, six years now. And uh, no plans to get out. Um, I'm, you know, I just I keep enjoying seeing what God's going to got got for me next. He fulfills me. The identity I had in baseball that I worked so hard to, to find in life doing other things you know, is in Christ now. And that's the thing that I missed about ball was my, was that was just, that was my identity. And so when I left ball, fortunately after a couple of years, I got walked into a job um, in sales. I was traveling the country and flying first class, taking nice hotels, eating fat steaks, you know, they like to say big shot and around. And um, you know, life was good. I was, you know, so I went from one, one, you know, I won't say my career was a failure, um, I think it was a setup for what I'm doing, you know, for what I'm doing now, yeah. but yeah, I, I went from one success to another success and it wasn't until the end of, you know, in my mid forties when I'm, you know, I'm bleeding money. My, my, you know, my dad's dying of cancer. My mother-in-law's dying of cancer. I've got third child in the way. I have no idea if we're going to pay for this, that, and the other, where my life just came crashing down and I had no identity in anything except being a failure. And, uh, that was the only person with carrying that baggage around was me. I didn't realize that, you know, practically, you know, God, how many people have I talked to that, you know, I thought I was it. Everybody else's life is a tailgate party and mine's a dumpster fire. And I could not have been further from the truth. Um, you know, so many people go through so many things. I think as men, I can't speak for women because I have no idea. I hadn't figured them out yet at all. Thank God I found one that could tolerate, <laughs> tolerate me and myself. Um, but we, we, we we're terrified of being a failure. We're terrified of failing at something in life and being labeled a failure. And it wasn't until recently, I mean, I, I say recently in the last couple of years that I realized that a lot of my work ethic and, and my drive, um, which I was proud of, I'm still proud of. And I, I went through, I was an example to follow. Um, I'm proud of myself, how I handled my minor league career and two arm surgeries and and, and, and just my, my attack of doing that. But I realized now it was driven not so much out of love for baseball. I love what I was doing, but it was fear. I wasn't getting sent back home. You're not sending me back to Lewistown, Mississippi. Um, just, I was, I, I didn't realize it until, you know, in the last couple of years, I was just, I, my, a lot of my, a large part of my work, I, mean, I wanted to play in the big leagues. That was my goal, but I was scared of getting sent back home. I was scared of getting, you know, I watched guys get released and pack their stuff up and go. And not me, brother. Mm -mm. I'm not going back home. I'm not going back home a failure. And I think that's a great example of, you know, baseball, that, that, get, that gave it, you know, some real tangible, okay, I was scared of, the, of that happening, so I did this. But, I mean, you know, we make decisions out of fear all the time. And I think that's one of Satan's greatest tools against us is, is fear. They can keep us where we're at. They can keep us anchored right where we are. Then we're not, we're not a threat. You know, we, we can't reach anybody. We can't, we can't mess his plans up. Um, 
and you know that's that's maybe that's why he works hard keeping me where I was at because I see what God's done in my life since I gave him gave him control of it. I still take the wheel back sometimes, and bro gets bumpy and give it back to him. Um, but you know, it's just if, if Satan can keep us where we're at, the same version we are today, and not any better, not any more useful, he wins. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's that's uh, that's, that's why I try to keep trying to you know just look for when God gives me an opportunity to do something for Him or for His kingdom. I'm like, I'm in, I'll do it. Yeah. And he just keeps giving more opportunities to do that. But um, um, I feel like I've gotten way off track. What you asked me to talk? No, about. you're good, brother. Yeah, we're 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 no, we're right on track actually. Because one of the oh, things yeah. I want you you brought up uh, real briefly, which I love, uh, you coined this phrase is get in the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to my wife about this last night, and, and it was a great conversation that we were able to have afterwards. But uh, interested to know, obviously, it's a biblical term. I know why. You know, I I. I'm just assuming I know why you said it, but maybe kind of give a, our audience a little bit of that because every one of your, yeah, every one of your um, your blogs that you write, <laughs> you know, um, you have that at the end, and I do, I love it. It's it's a really great call to action, but it's a very sublimable message uh, that you're saying as well too. So uh, give us a little bit of insight. Well, I, can, I can tell you exactly where that came from. You probably heard the joke, but most people have. I was in eighth grade and had a friend named Eddie Courtney. And Eddie's one of the funniest, funnier guys ever. He had a huge sense of humor. Yeah, the kid's just funny. I mean, we're, we're 13 years old. And he told this joke about um, this farmer that was living in a floodplain, we'll say Mississippi Delta, and you know, it's going to flood. It floods every year. Yeah. Sheriff came by, said, look, Jim Bob, it's going to flood. It's going to be a big one this year, worse than ever. You need to get, pre- get prepared. You need to get out of here. Jim Bob's like, I'll be fine. Lord's going to take care of me. So a couple of days later, sure enough, you know, he's waters in the front yard and sheriff comes by in his big jacked up truck. Same conversation, folks take care of me. A couple of days later, Jim, the, the sheriff comes by in a boat. Jim Bob's in the front porch in the rocking chair, waters up to the top step. Same exercise, folks will take care of me. Yep. Comes back a couple of days later in a, in a real boat. Jim Bob's on the roof with his dog. And same thing, Lord's gonna take care of me. Comes by the next day in a helicopter. He's standing on the roof. Same thing, Lord's gonna take care of me. And a couple of days later, the water consumes him and he dies. And Jim Bob goes to heaven. He's like, you know, what, what gives God? I've I, I dedicated my life to you. He said, he said, you take care of me. Hold up right there, Jim Bob. I sent you the same sheriff in a truck, two boats and two helicopters. What else you want me to do? Yeah. And the boat part kind of got my attention. He may have stopped it, but we all just died laughing at the joke. Cause it probably been set up something else, but it was really funny today. And I just never forgot the joke. And then I heard it more, I heard it a couple of times over. Yeah, as I grew up, I did different versions of it. Um, and then one day it's like, man, that that's not, if I'm not Jim Bob, I don't know who is. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here asking God to fix this and fix that, you know, take care of me, do this. Like, you know, how many times I got to send you a boat, Shane? How many times I got I to gotta put on your heart to get my Bible out and read it, to get back in church, to join a small group, to bing, 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 just keep ringing them off. I mean, I'm like, that dude is no different than me. And so that's where getting the boat came from. Um, at that point, I guess I'd probably gotten in the boat. And then yeah. you'll hear people say, you know, okay, you got to get out of the boat. Well, there's, you know, we, we maybe heard that one too. And I think a good analogy of it is, you know, God will take us dinged up, muddied up, whatever, just get in the boat with me. Okay. Yeah. Just, just get in the boat. He's happy to have you there. But at some point, you got to pick up a paddle and start helping. You got to start paddling that boat, or you get to a point where, like, all right, you're good now. Go get your own boat. Go get somebody else. And I think that's kind of a progression that a lot of people go through. I mean, God's good. He's happy to have you in the boat. And you can, you know, realistically, you can just stay there and just be in the boat your whole life. But if you really want to, you know, if you really want to see what God's got in store for you, you got to pick up a paddle and start paddling that boat. You got to go out and get some more people, maybe put, you know, get your own boat, maybe help them get their boat. 
And I think that's where sharing your faith comes in. That's where do your part comes in. You know, get in the boat. Get in the boat is just that. It's basically, that's a message to you know, people that were kind of going through what I was going through years ago, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70, I think, you know, you need some life. You need to live some life to get to a point where you realize that, okay, I'm chasing something, but what is it? You know, I keep sticking stuff inside of me. You're trying to, so I can, I can just get this or get that or, you know, gain 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds or get the new car or get the bigger house or just whatever it is. Um, but that's not it. And finally, you've got to realize, excuse me, it's, it's, it's God you're missing. It, it's, it's faith. It's his purpose in your life. Um, that's kind of the crowd that I kind of try and speak to with a lot of stuff I write. I mean, the stuff I write is not, uh, I don't ever try and point my finger at people. I don't ever try to be preachy. As um, a friend of mine named Neil mentioned one time, he's like, Shane's not preachy. I'm like, I like that. I don't want to be preached to. I don't want to preach to at all. I want somebody to talk to me. Um, but my goal is to make is to make people think and just relay the things that I've been through or done through or done or realized uh, to kind of nudge them that way so that they do get in the boat. Because once you, once you give God access to your life, he starts working your life, you're like, wow, okay, this is really cool. These things never happened before. I, I mean, and that feeling I got when God started working in my life and started doing things in my life with the same fire uh, when I would start sharing those things with people was the same feeling I got, I got when I was playing ball. That was, I got the feeling back I was looking for. And from there, it just kind of gained momentum. And um, as long as I do my part, he keeps doing his part. Um, yeah. and I have bad days. I mess things up. I apologize to people sometimes, man, I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't mean to say that like that. <laughs> I'm human. Right. Um, but that's, that's where getting the boat came from. Um, just that, that joke, my friend, daddy, all these years ago. Well, and then you followed up once again, and you've said it a couple of times is get in the boat and then do your part, which takes the action part of it, which I think I, I love it. You know, one of the things as I was discovering life after baseball and, you know, when you feel like your purpose died, it's really hard to really to change the story in your head. And, and I think one of the things that uh, I continue to keep hearing from you is that you've, you've been able to grow out of that chapter of your life. You've, you've found this greater purpose. You realize that baseball wasn't your purpose, even though it was plan A for so long of your life, it was really God allowing you to get to that point where either it was through the complete hum, hum, humility right? The brokenness yeah, yeah, that yeah. he needed to take us, take you on, take so many of us on in our journey to realize that we really needed him. And the more that we gave up of our control, the actual, the, the better it became with our relationship with him. And, you know, I love the fact of, you know, our tests become our testimony and you've done a fantastic job of living that out in your life right now. So I'm just curious as you, as you, uh, as you continue to push and say, yes, right? The reason why you're, you're where you're at right now is because you keep saying yes to what you believe God's doing in your life, in your life. You know, what's, what's the next chapter for you uh, looking like? I know your, your boys are getting older. They're, uh, they're, they're going to get into college. You're becoming an, an empty nester, all those things. Like what is, what do you feel like you're being called to do in this next season of your life? You know, I'll be honest with you. I, I was looking at your website yesterday and look at all the stuff you're doing i'm like i want to do what that guy's doing that that looks like fun yeah. um you know i want to write books i'd love to speak i'm, I'm a realtor realtors real, real estate pays the bills selling buying and selling helping people buy and sell houses pays the bills i mean, I, I mean I, i'm sure my writing and, and and sharing has brought people into my life that, that that's where some of my clients came from but um i mean i guess to answer your question I really don't know i mean i've got to keep selling real estate that's how that's my livelihood but i'm just i'm um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know what right words enthralled. I mean, it's just, you know, I look at like, you know, what people like yourself are doing, writing books and, you know, and, and, and having opportunities to speak and, um, you know, basically just, just, you know, lift people up and encourage them. Um, that looks like fun to me. 
And I'm, yeah. there, I'm sure, you know, I, I see all the good stuff. Like you said, I see the fluffy stuff. I see the, I see the success. I see the books, the podcast, the on and on. What I'm not seeing is all the stuff you did, you know, to get where you are today, which I'm sure was a long road. Um, and I'm sure it continues to grow. Still is a long road. <laughs> a long road. Where, there, you're never really there. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, where is there? Where, you know, people, oh, I can't wait till I get there. Well, where, where exactly is there? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've got one thing I've got now that I didn't have years ago is I've got faith that whatever, whatever, um, it's not that I just leave in the future to chance, but I mean, uh, God's going to work it out. I mean, I had no idea three or four years ago, be sitting here talking to you today. I mean, I didn't have a blog back then. I just, I just had this, 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 um, calling God put on my heart to write and share what he's doing in my life. Um, if there's been one distinct thing he's told me is share your faith. And I don't, I mean, I don't give you the whole story for that. I probably should write about it one day, but it clears a bell. I mean, it was, it was like, it, I've never heard all God's audible voice speaking to me, but I've, I've learned to recognize his voice. And this was like, occasionally it comes through with, with the, with the, the force of lightning and it will share your faith. Mm. Um, and that's what I do. And the more I do that, the more doors open. Um, and people have told me forever, yeah, you should write a book, you should write a book. Well, I've written several books. They're just following me as they're in index cards and legal pads and tiles behind me on this desk. Um, and it would be great to put them into a book and, and that I could give to somebody that might be going through the struggles I went through or that whose life is going great. And they read it and go, wow, this guy, this guy's life kind of fell apart. Maybe I should, I should listen. Um, but I, I don't, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, raising my kids, love my wife. Um, you know, I enjoy cooking for people and enjoy my, my, my son to have people over for get togethers. And, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm a giver. I like, I like, I like giving to people. I like feeding people. Um, yeah. I love a gathering. Uh, I'm an introvert by nature, believe it or not. I can just kind of step out of that for certain things. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm, my hope is that God keeps opening doors. He has continued to keep opening doors for me. Um, but it, it's not really something I want to do. So you can say, look at Shane, look at Shane. I mean, I just, I, I, I've been through enough life at my age to look back and go, okay, there are people out there that are stuck in the same place I was stuck at all those years ago yeah. who looked like things are great on the outside. On the inside, they are searching. Yeah. And if my life can point them towards God, towards Christ, uh, that's what I want to happen. I mean, that's that's what I can't take anything in this world with me. Um, you know, if I can leave behind some, you know, that, that breadcrumbs like in Hansel and Gretel so they follow out of the woods, if I remember, got the story right. Um, that's great, but I just you know I'm, I'm I'm excited each day about what God does in my life. He's he's I've gotten my health back. I mean, at 40 go back about six or seven years ago, man, I was I was uh, I was pretty I was overweight for me and my joints hurt. I just had all kind of multi. I go to the doctor for an annual visit and check all these boxes about what you know any issues you got. You ding 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 ding. I don't check a single one now. I mean, my cholesterol is high. I eat a lot of meat, but I feel 100 percent better. I get back in the weight room and you know and I've started looking at my body not just as um okay well i'm getting old well i'm gonna get older we can't help getting old but you know god's given me a life i think he's got a plan for my life he's given me a vehicle to, to, to experience this life in i'm gonna take care of it i'm gonna fine tune it as best i can and i'm gonna feed it the best food i can and uh hopefully he'll give me a bunch of miles this is not a rental i can't turn it back in yeah, right. um, but i'll you know I, I really enjoy pointing people towards health and i, I told somebody the day you know, the fellow i was talking to want to i need to do this I need to do that so the first thing you need to do is get your health back because it doesn't matter what else you do until you're healthy life's gonna suck for you at least at that aspect and it's just there's there's so many people i see um if they would just take some small steps to get their health back their whole life would would, would start perhaps to change no. Uh, I, I just enjoy encouraging people. I mean, I just, I'm, you know, if I can, if God chooses to give me a, a ability to make a living doing that one day, then great. Um, 
but it's, you know, like I've told myself a while back, you know, I told my kids the other day, he wanted, one of them wanted to do, my middle child wants a better curveball. Well, great, then get busy throwing curveballs. Yeah, I can help you with that one. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to be a speaker, get busy speaking. If you want to, you know, have a platform to, to promote God, then get busy promoting God. If you want to be a mechanic, then go be a mechanic. But get busy doing whatever it is you want to do. Get busy doing it. And that's that's the first step to anything. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I like what you're doing. Though. I'm like, great. I mean, that's that's for just for what it's worth. I look at you know, look at the life that you put together for yourself, the things you've worked hard to accomplish, and and I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't know that guy's doing. That looks like fun. That looks like a fun day right there. You know, well, I, I think I, it's... I got like I said before, I forget. I was watching one of your videos. Y'all were training out, and we don't have snow here in Mobile, and we have yes. we have humidity. And so my wife's helping me get my Zoom call set up, and I'm we're clicking through a few things. And I was like, "Yeah, check his webpage out." And she's like, "I'm trying to get the Zoom thing set up, Shane." I'm like, "Yeah, but check his, you know, that's my ADD kicking in." You know, she's trying to be, you know, she's polar opposite of me. She's trying to get this thing set up, and I'm like, "Yeah, check his video out." And so it was kind of y'all were running through the snow, and you had on like a black hat and shirt, and then you're, you're training. You know, y'all are doing something. I'm like, "I want to run in the snow with a black hat on, like yeah, <laughs> AK's doing." She's like, "Would you pay attention?" Uh, but. <laughs> Anyway, it was, you know, I we'll just, get you up to one of our Kingsman events, man. You can come up here and do it. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'll come in the wintertime. It was cold. Yeah. Well, at that event right there was in September. There should have been no snow, but it was amazing really? how God worked through that because it all, it ended up being the perfect elements for what we needed for that event. So yeah, that's how it works. That's it was, it works. Uh, that's exactly right, man. Well, hey, as we wrap up here, uh, I first of all, I just want to say, I just, I'm so glad. I've been really wanting to get you on the show. I've been following you for a while. I've been really inspired by your words. Um, you know, as a, you know, having put my first book out there, I know how hard it is to translate um, what we say and what we talk about into writing and, and getting that and getting our, our, um, uh, our message out and, but also just getting how we talk out in, in writing. So I just I have tremendous respect for how you've been able to do that. You're a fantastic writer. You're a great blogger, a very inspirational. Like and uh, I look forward to every one of your posts that you put out there. It just, once again, it just, uh, it, it definitely does fill my cup as well too. So, and you've been pushing me, you know, once again, this has been part of my growth is reaching out back to that side of my life that I really shut the door on for many, many years. So I really got to thank you for opening up that avenue because one of the things I didn't want to do is get back into it and into the old style, that old lifestyle, uh, because that's the old me. That's the me that I don't ever want to go back to, right? So to be able to see men that. like you in that group, living the the life that uh, that I I'm choosing to live as well too is just really inspirational and then fantastic. So looking forward. Well, to one, one, one quick thing for a wrap up. You mentioned something just reminded me of a, of a, of a point. Um, I, I never was, I, I was never mad. Baseball didn't work out. I mean, I, I was able to leave on my terms. I never got released. Never had to pack my stuff and leave. I left, you know, on, on my terms, realized, realized what a blessing that was until years down the road. Mm -hmm. But as time went by, I'm like, you know, God, why don't you give me all this talent and all this work ethic and when I wasn't hurt, I was good, man. I was with the big leagues. I mean, I was, I was, it's just, it's just that simple. I mean, I, I was, I had all the tools, I had the work ethic, I had everything. My body wouldn't cooperate. It wouldn't stay, it wouldn't stay together. And I'm like, why did you give me all this work ethic? You know, to bring me so close yeah. to not get there. And finally, I didn't really ask that question often, but it crossed my mind. And one day I just had the, out of the, out of the, out of the clear blue, I had the thought, why? And it's like, it came to me like a clear as a bell. It's a shame. I never needed a ball player. I need a man with a story mm -hmm. and awesome. you know, and, and, and the ability to, and, and, and the willingness to go out there and tell it and yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I can live with that. Yeah. Only if you can see it behind me, that bottom of that picture. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no regrets. Yep. 
friend of mine had, had those bumper stickers made. It's, uh, it's Nathan Cox. He's the owner of our of our real estate company, Bellator. He owns a lot of companies, kind of like you. Uh, just a fantastic guy. He's an ex marine. Um, just a just a, an amazing fellow. But he had a slogan every year, and years ago that was a slogan, and I took that and just stuck it on the bottom of that picture uh, because I really don't have any regrets. And it's kind of a reminder to me. You know, okay, Shane, you're 52, many more days you got, man. You know, spring chicken, you're not old, but I mean, you know, if there's something you want to do, you need to get busy doing it. But you know, no matter, how, no matter how old somebody is, I mean, you know, figure out what, don't live your life with regrets. Um, yeah. You know, pick up the phone and call somebody you hadn't talked to. I mean, just, you know, just, but that's, that's kind of a reminder for me, not just for baseball, it applies, but just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and regret. I don't want to walk into heaven and God said, come here, let me, let me show you all the things you could have been. Yeah. You know, if you'd have just trusted me, if you'd have just stepped out on your faith, you just had you just had the fortitude to go, wow, I don't see this. This is scary as I'll get out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna step out there and do it, see what God does with it. Um, I don't wanna be that guy. I wanna be the guy that does. Love it, buddy. Well, we have a lot in common, man. We'll have to catch up uh, some other yeah. time and I kind of share we're, some of we're special, we're lefties. Yeah, that's exactly right, brother. <laughs> so All right, well, man. Man, hey, I, thank you so much yeah. for having me. Uh, this has been fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we did too. And and I know our audience is going to take away some great things from it. So I appreciate your time, the opportunity to, to uh, sit here and, and uh, kind of jam about life, baseball, and and the greater cha- greater chapters of our life that we're uh, pursuing. So And hopefully they can understand what I said because I don't speak so slowly sometimes. <laughs> I do. I will tell you, when I, when I, uh, when I got off the phone uh, with you this morning, my wife uh, came back and I was like, I just got off the phone with Shane. I said, man, that guy has got an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a little, it's a little bit thick. Hey, I got, I got to tell you this. I know you got to go. I got, I got drafted my first year in, in, in 1990. I went to, like I said, me to Wisconsin. And I literally had to not learn how to oh, talk, yeah. but nobody could understand a word I said. I mean, I, I talk so fast. And you think about accent now. <laughs> I'll find I was in Alaska in 89, playing played in the Alaskan League. And I found some tapes of me years ago. I'd make videotapes, VHS, big old camcorder shoulder count. Mm-hmm. I'd film those and send them back home in the mail to show everybody because we, we were years away from the internet at that point. And I found a couple mm-hmm. of those tapes and plugged them in. I was like, my gosh, did I have an accent? You think I've got an accent now. It was, it was thick. So yeah, yeah that's, right that's, back that's uh, it gets a little thick sometimes. So yeah, that's awesome. Right, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. And we uh, most certainly will be uh, staying in touch with each other. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to meeting you one day. All right, my man. All, All right, guys. Right. Well, Hey, once again, this was an awesome opportunity to meet, uh, to talk with Shane. I know that uh, he brought some great value to you. And uh, as always, um, if this, if this meant something to you, if this, uh, if, if this would resonate with somebody that, uh, you know, we just ask you to, to share it. So you guys have a fantastic rest of your week and we definitely look forward to talking with you soon. <laughs>